motivating cause we're going for a ride Electricity, not time, slip and slide Groove inside the side, give it all under the sound Ain't no brakes here, pop it up and back down Go cut and slap now, baby, throw your back out Lose it on the track now, cause I'm on attack now Good evening, this is June 29th, 2012 And you're listening to Friday Nights with the Gentleman With Rick And Face and Ian, the Asian sensation, and gentlemen, yet again, we have a fourth musketeer tonight with us. Uh, Matt, what's going on? Uh, not a whole lot. Thanks uh, for having me on. No problem. I think uh, I think all three of us are pretty happy to have you uh, on board with the, the gentleman crew tonight. Uh, how's everyone's week been going? Uh, it's been it's been going good. I mean, like I I was just on the f- phone for you a uh, phone. Uh, fun with you a couple of days ago where I, I went to the dentist and you know a, a funny story happened since my my mother she made the appointment because she knows damn well that like oh don't worry he's gonna make a dentist appointment no I don't I'd rather go to the hospital ER than I go to the dentist and so she says like hey John your appointment's at two o'clock I was like okay so I woke up early I did some long work I was like oh I'm tired I'll take a nap and I woke up around 205 I'm like and I called my mom. I was like, "Yes." And I, so I called my mom. I was like, "Oh, mom." No, no, I'm so no. You need to clarify. No, I'm, I'm calling you out because you need to clarify. You, you specifically told me, you know what? This is bullshit. When I have to wake up, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna wake up at like two ten. I'm gonna be like, "Sorry, mom." Well, that's that's yes, that's implied. That's it. implied. So I woke up, <laughs> and she was like, "Oh." You woke up, what time is it? I'm like, it's around 2.10, I'm sorry. We're going to have to reschedule while I'm doing the Mr. Burns with my hands. I'm like, yes. And it's like, oh, don't worry. Since I know that you would probably oversleep because you didn't want to go to the dentist in the first place, I actually scheduled you for 2.40 instead of 2 o'clock. So if you leave now, you'll just make it. I'm like, god damn it. <laughs> or as, as you put it. Your mom was just like, yeah, so get your ass ready into that, into that dentist appointment. Yeah, and then I got out of the dentist appointment. It wasn't as bad as I thought. And then, of course, I came home. It's like, oh, yeah, uh, I have to have my two wisdom teeth pulled out. And But we'll do with that later on. It's like, oh, no, my dentist, the, when I went there, since me and my mom go to the same dentist, they told me something about that. So I scheduled you the same, the same day that I had my root canal on Thursday. So now we get to be high on pain medications and have just a little party i'm like yeah party with my mom <coughs> no drinking pills. and prescription pills this is gonna be <sighs> god damn it <laughs> what the hell <laughs> anyways uh it, on... yeah i i feel like i feel like i have to inform the listeners that the perez household is not exactly a a place filled with lightweights <laughs> no, not at all. That's one way to put it. Pretty much the, the first time I, I met Face's mom, it was it was pretty much just like meeting like a 20 year old white woman in Cabo, in the body of you know a 40 something, just like woo, fuck some shit up. <laughs> yeah, that's my mom. Um, well, no, no real magical wonderment per se, um, other than the fact that I saw a couple really good movies, there's been not a whole lot of, uh, stuff going on, uh, just kind of the same old, uh, but I did get a chance to watch Chronicle, which I absolutely loved, so I was really excited and happy about that. I want to see that so bad. All right. That movie is amazing. Montabon? Yeah, I, I, I don't want to talk. <laughs> we, we, we don't need to talk about what I've done this week. Yeah, I would say, Matt, Rick, you have to understand that Rick and I are pretty much shut in, so I, you know, I, I can't really tell you. I, him and his wife go see movies from time to time. Me, I, 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 I just, I, I, I turn into, I turn into like a cocoon, mm-hmm. if you will, of, of sadness in my room and just kind of, Need Netflix, please stream it. <laughs> yeah. That is me um, as well. Dorg hungry, yeah, Dorg would eat. I didn't. I can't really. I, I'm not gonna lie. I, you know, there've been a, uh, a lot of you know, a lot of movies. I've been trying to catch up on my glut of movies. Yeah. That I have 
just kind of pushed to the side, that ported to the side. Like, I want to watch you, but I'm not going to watch you because if I watch you, what will I watch without thinking to myself? Ian, there are millions of movies out there. If you watch this new movie, you will be okay. Um, I can't say that I, I was really too impressed by Chronicle. I mean, I, I felt like, and I'll say what I told Rick, where I was just like, I felt like it would have been much better if it wasn't a found footage film. Like, I like, I really dug the premise and how they set everything up. But I feel like it would have been much better if it was, if it was a, a, an actual narrative versus um, being just a collection of. Of footage, All right. and, and that's not to discredit the film. Like I said, you know, I, I, it's not like I hated it. I just, it's just something just didn't quite sit a hundred percent with me. Where I was like, I love this. I remember there's another movie that also came out that week on on Blu-ray that I that I watched. I was like, this is the fucking tits. I need to buy this. Did, did I tell you that I finished uh, Kiss Excess? Negatory, oh, sir. Have I ever explained this on the podcast? I know I've explained it to you before, but... No, I don't... I don't what is uh, it? I don't do... Oh, oh God. Uh, <laughs> you, you know how much face dreads... He, Matt, you, you haven't been here for this... For this... Uh, this oncoming you know, storm, but... Uh, Pretty much face just like you hear this this is me digging it, it, my cooler it, 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 grabbing it, it, another beer exactly <laughs> that's the best metaphor i could ever give because he just dreads every single time rick starts off sentence with yeah so this week in anime oh god god damn <laughs> see he's like I, I like it and i watch it but it's something that you have to watch but when you explain it i'm like i can't no <laughs> Let me watch it. Don't explain it. Explain it. I'm not gonna like it. How many more incest scenes so, are there? there? There's quite a bit. Face, shut up. Uh, I, was, I was gonna say, face, shut up. Rick, just, 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 just lay into it. You, you might as well just rip the okay, band off. Okay. Um, it's a show about a guy who has two twin sisters. So come. To- oh, 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 oh. We we did talk. Oh, okay. We, you know, face. You you do remember this one? This is the show that we had talked to you about a couple weeks ago. I tried to forget um, it, but I remember it now. Where, Thank you. Where it was the uh, with the uh, yeah with the two sisters. Yeah, and uh, but they're not. Yeah, sisters. yeah, yeah. I know. I, yeah, yeah, no. yeah, so they so they keep trying. I, to fuck I them. know. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, so... yeah. Face had a very hard time. His brain pretty much just exploded when we first explained this to him, Matt. Right. So yeah, yeah. That's why he he actually had to. I think he he actually did have to drink a lot more. No, it wasn't like my head exploded. It's like the scene from my Total Recall when Arnold Schwarzenegger gets thrust in the moon air and this fucking he's just the te- decompression and his eyes bursting out of his head. It's like. <laughs> 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 so so, right, so 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 Rick, basically, what's going on with I, I watch. I finished it up this week, and there's there's just one part that I'm going to describe the face just to kind of make sure his head explodes completely. Um, he, the, the boy's not very good at studying, so the girl decides that she's going to help him study. So she gives him a headband. Um, Whew. glad you ended that with band. <laughs> I was gonna say. I was going to say, is that a metaphor? So, he, he's barefoot because they're Japanese and they're always barefoot. And they have one of those tables that are like you sit on the floor type of deal. Well, he stretches his leg out and accidentally puts his foot in her crotch. Mm. And let me guess, does she do what, obviously what they always do? You know, he, he accidentally puts her, his foot in her crotch. And it's just, uh... <laughs> Yeah, she basically like puts her. She basically puts her head on the table and does that. So he he realizes what has happened and goes, "Oh crap!" And he tries to move his leg. Right, the second he tries to move his leg, she grabs his leg and starts grinding on it. How did I know that was coming? <laughs> I just I just feel like Japan wouldn't exist now. Like 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 just uh, it it would be like like. Uh, it would be like Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer with uh, with Galactus coming where it just like just tentacles would come down from the sky and just suck Japan up into it so there would just be nothing but a giant gap no you know what the di- difference was. between ja- the Japanese and Americans Americans are like that's fucked up and the Japanese goes I like it <laughs> Oh, no, well, that's what, no, well, let me finish that's what I'm saying though I feel like Japan right now wouldn't exist as a culture if it wasn't 
for awkward moments. Like they just thrive on awkward moments. Like like if, yeah, they they're like, they're, they're, they're the troll. Like the office is everyone in in, in Japan. So so oh. he's trying to get away. He's like actually. It trying goes to on. Oh God, yes. <laughs> uh, leg rape <laughs> from your from your stepsister is is, is a serious thing. Please. So, so he's trying to get away, and she won't let him. And the other sister walks in the door, and there's a blanket like covering them. And she's just in there. She's going to town on his foot. And he's trying to get away, trying to get away, trying to get away. The sister, the other sister, walks in. Everybody kind of stops and acts like nothing's going on. So, as the other sister is talking to him, the girl decides to start basically towing his balls. I wonder what the fucking commercial breaks are like. <laughs> You're watching the Learning Channel, and now angry tits fire out of my nipples. <laughs> okay. Face, are you okay? Are, are, can, are can, you... I, can I can I can I add something to kind of break the moment? I I, I I need to watch this. It's like I'm I'm really disgusted, but I think this is something like when I go to visit or when I move up, just me and you. I'm just sitting there, and you have your drink, and I will have a case of beer. I'm like, okay, Rick, hit me with your best shot. <laughs> For this segment, no, I'm not, be... it's, it's not going to be like a, a reoccurring thing. I just came upon these two stories, in which I'm just going to tell one. I'll tell another one later on because they're really fucking funny. And I just found these like I don't usually do stuff for the internet, and this is just all text, so it will really translate. The title of this story is "I Know That Feel, Bro." And just just take it as it is. Okay, it's a story time with face. I'm 21. My girlfriend's 19. We've been dating for four months now. This guy came Joe comes out of fucking nowhere in my life. He's the new co co-worker at my company. Find out he has no money and no place of residence. Moved here for a job that he can no longer afford his hotel. I decide to open up to him, keep him in my apartment for weeks. The bro is pretty cool. We play video games, drink beers, watch football. This continues for months. Afterwards, I find out my girlfriend is pregnant. By all per tradition I have to marry her now. One night eating out with dinner my wife. Joe stayed late to, at the office for some overtime. I popped the question to my wife. She admits that she was raped by Joe and the baby isn't mine. She isn't ready to make a commitment after being violated. I go home in fucking rage. I throw out all Joe's shit. I'm gonna fucking kill Joe when he gets home. Joe gets home around 1am. As soon as he opens the door, I fucking punch him right in his bastard face. His eye swells up like a ball of cotton. He swings at me. I dodge and I sweep his leg. He falls down. I'm in a giant fucking rage now. I go to my room and grab my handgun out of my drawer. I go to confront Joe. Joe jumps in his car and fucking hightails it out of there. I haven't seen or heard from him since. On the phone and a month later with my brother. He asked me why I've been so depressed. I told him if it hadn't been for Cotton Eye Joe, I'd been married a long time ago. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from, Cotton Eye Joe? And the first comment on that is by Anonymous, and it just says, Bump. <laughs> all, all I'm going to say is that, hey, you, you, you totally weir uh, worded that one part very weirdly. <laughs> Why can't you just I, laugh and just make me feel good about myself? <laughs> Thank you very much, <laughs> buzzkill. Because <laughs> that's what I'm all about. Because Just because, of course, my mind is going to think about when you said, I went out to eat with my wife, dinner. You uh, would be at the guy like the at the signing of the it. Declaration of Independence <laughs> in this entire good moment. It's like, oh yeah, by the way, you spent de you spelled declaration wrong. Then everybody looks at well, you and like, TTFO. <laughs> well, if you were wearing a fancy wig and your name was Face Hancock, then this would be totally different. But... Oh, great story, great story. I'm going to snap my fingers. Continue. We eagerly anticipate the Fuck next Fuck you, story. Ian. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Can't have one moment. I, w I laugh at I all I laugh at all your to... moments, you don't laugh at mine. How do you think that makes me feel? Sad. Unfunny. Tell the next Ouch. story. I wanna hear the next story now. I'm crap in your face. My first boner, when I was like eight or something, I was home alone with my brothers and I was taking a bath just minding my own business. Then all of a sudden, my dick was standing up really hard, all that usual boner stuff. I didn't know what it was because my family is full of assholes who didn't tell me anything about puberty, so I was freaking out. 
I literally started crying and screaming, and I thought I was have to go and I thought it was going to fall off, and I was going to have to go to the hospital. And oh my god, I think I can honestly say that it was probably the most terrifying thing I have ever experienced. So then my brother runs in and sees me and starts laughing uncontrollably. So I start crying even harder because he used to laugh only at me when something really bad was happening. He called my brother in there, and they both started laughing, and I was screaming at them to stop laughing while I was crying and asking them what it was, and oh, it was so terrible. So then, when they calmed down, they told me that it was a superpower I had, and all the boys in my family had it, and that I just needed to learn to control it. But I couldn't talk about it with anyone but them, because when you have superpowers, you can't tell anyone, or you'll get jealous villains. So I kept my secret, and I spent so long trying to control these powers, and I got so frustrated because I couldn't get it to come back no matter how hard I tried. Then a couple of weeks later, I got it again when I wasn't trying, and I was walking around the house all proud, like, Oh, everyone, look at the powers I got. And my mom saw it, and, I almost scr- and she almost screamed, and then she explained the truth to me, and it was really disappointing. <laughs> Oh, that, Almost, uh, that uh, was actually really funny. The, why does this sound like this heck? <laughs> this, this, this is from personal experience. Eight-year-old face just walking yeah, around his house. That. Hey guys, look, my superpower! <laughs> see, but see, see, here's uh, the problem I have with that story is that I feel like Face does that now. <laughs> like Face, when you would, you would, you, you would, uh, I just uh, uh, tell you for the uh, audience when. Uh, Face. Uh, when we first met Face, uh, he moved up here with uh, with uh, my buddy Josh and uh, two of our other friends, and uh, they they lived uh, for uh, for a time in my aunt and uncle's house, and uh, <coughs> we were just all, Rick and I would always go over there, and every time we'd have to brace ourselves for whatever wacky shit we'd just walk into. So yeah, I, I feel like that <laughs> like that's a story where Face just drunkly wakes up after. Yeah, deciding he's going to go to town in the basement, uh, like the fan of the opera, with a jug of orange juice and a bottle of, of uh, Grey Goose. And then you just walk upstairs, hey guys, I think it's liftoff. But, oh, God damn. anyways, uh, Matt God damn. made a interesting topic that he wanted to, uh, well, I'll, I'll give this one to Matt. All right. Um, well, actually, over the last week or so, well, I, I re-stumbled upon and, uh, you know, kind of reintroduced myself by accident on YouTube. Um, you know how that can happen. You can spend time on YouTube and you start out looking up, you know, cute puppies and end up with some weird porn anime, like what... Rick was watching. Um, it's not porn. Yeah, that's you, the you, problem. You just, you it's not porn. I wish it was porn. That's the problem. You just you just describe Rick's life for that's, that, that's, that's how it starts with his wife looking up something and then Rick going, "Hey, that's cool. You like puppies? Here's this. Here's this guy's sister grinding on his leg." Right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I ended up stumbling across. In my opinion, one of the greatest movie speeches uh, of all time, which was the Jack Nicholson, you can't handle the truth from a few good men. And it just got my mind jogging like, oh, well, that speech was just so powerful and so awesome. And Jack was just, he was Jack. He was just fucking in your face, Jack. But uh, it, it kind of made me think, well, what are some of the greatest movie speeches of all time? I mean, that that have really kind of impacted you, or uh, you know that uh, that when you think about them, it just kind of still gives you that chill, you know, of when you first saw the movie and 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 that character gave that speech. And um, so I've got a couple off, off the bat. I think. I, yeah. Uh, one 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 that doesn't really fall into that category, but just it just makes you laugh because me and Face were talking about uh, <laughs> this, we were talking about this the other day uh, via text. Um, I don't know why it's not even so much the the monologuing as much as the the response to the monologuing, 
which is just the which is the end scene from Speed with Dennis Hopper talking <laughs> shit to Keanu on top of the train, <laughs> and where it's just got the best response from Keanu, which is just yeah. Oh, I'm taller. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but that, just, that, that was the first thing that popped in my mind. Well, was, yeah, for all your monologuing, I have got the best response. You're dead. I'm alive. Right. Um, but the, uh, I had to say, I, I'm going to have to get lovey-dovey with this. And I'm, I'm, I, honestly, it, it really, you know, I've been thinking about it, about how much I love him as an actor. And how, 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 like, how much his movies have kind of, or he really hasn't made a terrible movie. Um, really, if you think about it, but going back to 1996, um, I have to say, Tom Cruise at the end of Jay Maguire when he comes oh, yes. in looking for Renee Zellweger, you know, where he's just like, I'm looking for my wife, you know, and, and just that, that whole oh, monologue. Yeah, that was, that yeah. was a good one. Where, that was you know, really uh, leave it to, leave it to to Patton Oswalt to, to ruin that, that moment. Yeah. Or at least his brother ruined Fuck that moment. Fuck you too! But, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the, the world is cynical. Like, Fuck you! Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, no, that, that scene, even, like, I don't know, I feel like that it always, I always thought about when I was younger, but now that I'm 25, I watch it and I go, wow, that's, that's, that's some really fucking heavy shit. Right, yeah. My favorite yeah, one, was, the was one that I was, I was sitting on, my, is still it's 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 not like a really it's it it is an emotional speech for a really like awesome movie and it's still one of my favorite speeches of all time. It had to be the Bill Murray speech in Stripes. different people we're not Watusi we're not Spartans we're Americans we're the capital A huh you know what that means do you that means that our forefathers were kicked out of every decent country in the world we are the wretched refuse we're the underdog we're mutts here's proof his nose is cold but there's no animal that's more faithful, that's more loyal, more lovable than the mutt. Who saw Old Yeller? Who cried when Old Yeller got shot at the end? Nobody cried when Old Yeller got shot, I'm sure. I cried my eyes out. And I just, I just like... I just that speech just hits me on a weird. It's like you know, it gets me pumped up. Like literally, I I would listen before that before a fight. I would. I, I always go by. I think Ian knows that this is like one of my all-time favorite speeches of all time, from any movie. It's uh the speech John Luke Picard gives to Lily in Star Trek: First Contact. Ah yes yes. Where Lily's just like blow up the ship, blow up the damn ship. Right? No! No! I will not sacrifice the Enterprise. We've made too many compromises already. Too many retreats. They invade our space and we fall back. They assimilate entire worlds and we fall back. Not again. The line must be drawn here! This far, no further, and I will make them pay for what they've done. And again, it always comes back to the the comment to the monologue afterwards where she's just like, you know, you know, give up, he'll blow up the damn ship. No! No! <laughs> and then, you know, Kaflui breaks his toys and whatnot, and then she's just like, you broke your toys. Kind of like <laughs> no, the, no, it's, the... it's, 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 you broke the little ships. Kind of like this, like, the, that, that entire, that John, uh, John Winger, the Bill Murray's uh, character in Stripes, the John Winger speech, like, it would have been perfect if they had didn't have that one-liner in the middle of it. It's like, nobody cried when Old Yeller got shot. Really? <laughs> well, speaking of like um, uh, like pump and uh, you know speeches that pump you up, kind of like uh, what you were talking about, Rick. Um, you have to admit the very first time that you saw Independence Day oh, when Bill Pullman yes. as the president gives uh, I, I his speech and you know ends it with uh, this is our independence day I, let me tell you something a little story about about the first time i watched independence day i was actually in the military at the time watching it in a military theater 
with a bunch of other soldiers. And when Bill Pullman finished that speech, every single soldier in that theater stood up and cheered. And it was probably one of the most chilling, awe-inspiring, pumped-up feelings I have ever had. Yeah, you guys that was mind, awesome. Let me, let me go. Good morning. In less than an hour, aircrafts from here will join others from around the world. And you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind. The word should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interests. Perhaps it's the faith that today is the 4th of July and you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution, but from annihilation. We are fighting for our right to live, to exist. And should we win today, the 4th of July will no longer be an American holiday. But as the day the world declares in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We are going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. I see. I just got goosebumps. <laughs> I mean... Sorry I'm late, Mr. That, President. That's... that's. <laughs> yeah, I want to be the guy that's just like, I just walked out. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one of the... Uh, one of the greatest movie speech moments that I've ever experienced. Ah, ah my, uh, my favorite, uh, my favorite movie. I mean, and, uh, just, yeah, just my, my opinion has always been that, you know, I, I just came to an age where I decided where it was, I, I think, I think it's ridiculous to have a favorite anything because I feel like, you know, there, you, then you, you automatically shut out the door, you know, for that on the rest of your life. So I don't really have a favorite movie as much as I have favorite movies. You know, just movies that over the years have meant a lot to me and that I've loved uh, very much. Uh, at first, I was going to mention that you know the uh, the speech. Uh, at first, I was going to mention the speech from from Fifth Element, where you know Gary Oldman and Ian Holm are talking, and you know Gary Oldman starts talking about you know his his company and his power, etc. And whatnot, trying to get on Ian Holm's good side, and then he starts to choke on the cherry. And I love the speech that Ian Holm gives, where it's just like, you know, where it's like, oh, oh wait, where are all the children you were talking about, and the other things that you were talking about? No, where it's just like, your entire empire is going to crumble, all because of a little cherry. Yeah, that one has. Um, oh God. Mm. That's but the thing, but the thing even more so that I thought about was like it was the movie that made me want to be, become a director, or just it work like just do anything in the business. Right. Uh, but it is the speech from Fight Club. Ah, yes. You know where? Yeah, where, yeah. Where where Tyler is just you know talking to all all the guys. You know, just you know. We're pretty much, yeah, along the lines where I don't have it memorized verbatim, but it's just basically, you know, we're just like, you know, where we are part of a generation where we have no great war, you know, we, you know, we, we are just all angry about. See, it. actually, I'm gonna, I'm yeah, gonna, about, about I'm gonna lives. actually fight you on that because that speech is very in tone for 1999, but generationally, that has changed. Yeah, generationally oh, yeah. it has, but for yeah, for the yeah. time that it that it was Written, yes. made, yeah, yeah. And, and it wasn't even so much, and it wasn't even so much concentrating on the whole war thing as much as just it, it is. It's the idea that you know, you know all men. Uh, yeah, what, 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 what's the saying? Well, see, Fight Club. Oh, all, all men. So I, I really liked uh, there's well there's a few speeches in, in Fight Club actually that were just wow um, I really like the one where he, he mentions you are not a, a special unique snowflake you know and he's rattling you are not your fucking tech yes exactly I just I, I absolutely love that speech it's kind of the, the anti-materialist anti uh, you know multimedia anti-consumer uh, speech, which I just absolutely latched onto. I loved that speech. There is two that yeah, sticks in I my mind. That. I mean, you know, two others. I, I love that 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 John Ringer speech. 
in my stripes, but if you want to talk about one that has real personal meaning to me, well first I want to give the lesser of the two, just because I just love this one-liner. It's in uh, Last Action Hero, where Charles Dance does that little, that little itty-bitty monologue about, you know, if, if he could go through other dimensions, so can I go back again and come back and possible catch in this one-liner. If God was a villain, he'd be me. And I was like, oh man, that is fucking tits. But yeah. as far as the one monologue that really just, you know, hits me is probably, like, you said you don't got a favorite movie, and, you know, I understand that, but m me, I, I have a favorite movie, and that movie is Jaws. And that monologue for, you know, we know mm. it, but, my, you know, the, the listeners may not the know Richard it. Shaw. The Robert Shaw. That my, oh, Robert Shaw, yeah. That monologue where he goes about the USS Indianapolis, that was actually filmed in two separate takes. One take, he was just incredibly incredibly drunk and that's actually when he stopped drinking on set and the next next uh, take he did it completely sober and the brilliant like thing is how that shot was filmed and how he was acting you couldn't really tell what shot he was drunk and what shot he was sober on but it just gives so much to explain why that character is the way he is and just that you know he goes through I don't remember it from heart and I don't want to recite it because I don't want to you know we got other uh, stuff to I, talk I, about but it really that last line that I'll never put on a life jacket again, and there's that big silence. I was like, what the fuck? Uh, to me, I always love the, the, the eye. Black like a dog's eye. Um, but but to, I, I figured out what I was going to say, though. Um, pretending to a fight club thing. But it just, you know, it, it wasn't, you know, it had really had nothing to do with the war, and I know how it's relevant now. It had more with that speech had to do with just, it's like a, the old saying of, you know, all men lead quiet lives of desperation. You know, mm -hmm. um, I know. Yeah, and that's the thing for me. Where it's just, you know, I, I thought about this. Yeah, it's like everyone has something that they're screaming about on the inside of their head. Actually, uh, before we before we switch topics, I just want to blurt out the last couple that I have bubbling in my head um, because they are some of the cream creme de la creme, in my opinion, of movie speeches, and they weren't brought up quite yet. But one of them was from one of the the films that I believe revitalized Hollywood and created an entire genre of films that a lot of people have enjoyed since. And that is Kevin Spacey's speech from The Usual Suspects, where he talks about the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. And then when he's sitting in there speaking with uh, uh, Agent Kulyan, played by Chaz Palminteri, and... Uh, if any listeners have not seen that movie, watch that movie. It is a must-see. Um, but and then he goes on to tell the backstory of of Kaiser Soze, and then you know how the Turks come in and they they capture his family, and he walks in and he he uh, he intends to show these men of will what r will really was, and he ends up killing his entire family because he doesn't want them to live a day after this. Um, and, uh, you know, and then like that, phew, he was gone. And then Kulian poses the question to him, uh, you know, uh, are you afraid of Kaiser Soze? And he says, uh, it's something that always rings in my head. Um, Keaton always said, I don't believe in God, but I'm afraid of him. Well, I believe in God. And the only thing that scares me is Kaiser Soze. And it's just power. Absolute power. <laughs> yeah. Into with the topic that I was talking to you about the phone on the phone is I was having a conversation with one of my coworkers about Sylvester Stallone. 
and about like how mm. I thought that Sylvester Stallone, even though you know, granted he's done some he's done some uh, quote unquote floppers in the past, but I still think that he's a very talented you know like writer and stuff like that. And he says he just thinks he's a meathead. And I had the actually the same conversation with my now ex, and which I wanted to know your thoughts on on, on it. But I thought personally, like I was talking to Ian, he's like, have have you ever tried to the to fucking write a movie do you have any idea how ridiculously hard and how much dedication it cost i mean he won <coughs> an academy award for writing rocky and something that ian's told me that i didn't know and I, i'm sure the audience doesn't know about my, the way that you know sylvester stallone acts you said it was a it was a personal it was a birth defect well well yeah well no it's the one when face and i were talking about this the other day you know, I was talking more. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole Academy uh, Award thing—they don't just hand those out. I am, you know, at least now uh, that that is fucking earned but, uh, back in the day. But uh, yeah. the, the thing I was talking about about Stallone that I've always loved. You know, I think by I mean, think about it like this: Stallone, unlike a lot of actors, big actors from the '80s who have just who have either kind of done a pseudo retirement or have just kind of lowered themselves into the depths of mediocrity. I mean, I, I love Bruce Willis, but I mean, he I, and he's been getting continuous work, but he hasn't exactly been hitting them out of the the, the park every single time. Lest I ask Rick about his opinion on Surrey. Uh, um, I love Red though. But, on, a, on a separate note. Well, I love. Oh, yeah, pretty cool. But um, like 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 I said, like I said, it's not like he's he's striking out every time, Come but on. you know, he's not exactly doing. Cabo was fun. Cabo was fun. stuff. Well, yeah, I like him because he's again, he's continuously, even though he's not striking out all the time, he's just never he's never stopping. He'll always just walk up the bat, sort of say. Yeah, exactly. No, he you know he walks in and does. It's the joke of no Bruce Willis has literally been John McClane for every single movie he's ever been in. Mm-hmm. Different name, but he's always John McClane. Um, but the thing I've 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 always found admirable about. Sly is the fact that he's now at a point in his career where he's doing it on his own fucking terms. I, I think that's the coolest shit ever. Now, like this, how like he faded out in the early 2000s, where you know he was just doing movies that no one gave a shit about and no one cared about him anymore. You know he's doing you know Get Carter driven, you know, and then a, a bunch of other movies that just went nowhere. But then, but I see you was an amazing movie. I loved that. But then he, but then he started doing. He started going back to his roots and writing and directing, and he just went back to even though these were already characters that that he had visited, he started doing. He started you know revamping them and think about it. Every single movie he did, fucking crits were lying. Fucking I uh Fucking uh, the Rambo, Rocky, Rocky Balboa. Yeah, Rambo. I fucking oh, love the new Rocky Balboa. Dude, both so those, funny. yeah, no, <laughs> both, both Rambo and Rocky Balboa were fucking critically loved. Like, like he's back on the top of the game, and you know what? It's on his own terms. He's writing and directing. And, direct and I tell you, he you know? hit, he hit cinematic gold when he did the Expendables. Can I my, Just... give my two cents on the Expendables? Uh, certain because I watched it with my sister. My sister is very critical about movies. I would like to identify him with a person that we know that I'm not going to give names, who's also one of the one of the best friends of Ian, who's very critical about films, and she just didn't get it. And I just like, you know, when I'm talking about the Expendables, I'm like, you know, honestly, if you don't have testosterone in your body, I don't think yes. you'll like the Expendables, and I don't think you'll right. be able to understand. But it's really, to me, it was just a throwback. It's just like, you know, it's the wet dream. It's like. Sly was thinking, he's like, alright, what would be awesome? He's like, well, everybody likes action films. Okay, I can do an action film. I've done Rambo. Well, let's let's step it up and just get every action star that I can think of in this one movie and just give it just a plot, and I'll write it, and I'll just be just non-stop action. It was, to me, yeah. it was the new shoot 'em up one, one, one logical, one logical, one logical thing that I will say, though, that I, I, I've kept on thinking where it's like, why aren't you in these movies? And I keep thinking... Kurt Russell, you can't possibly be that busy where you can't be in a goddamn Expendables. Oh, movie. God, that would be What awesome. are you doing? Well, you would like, be an awesome villain. Well, like, yeah. I, I remember when Expendables first came out, and I saw, like, the big, like, name poster thing when, you know, it had everybody's name on top and bottom. And I kind of went, man, he's hitting all of He's hitting every action movie market there is. You know what yep. I mean? He's hitting the, the guys who grew up with the 80s stuff with himself. 
Statham and is, Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, and Dolph Lundgren. But, you know, Dolph Lundgren has a huge European following. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And so he's hitting that European market. Statham, he's hitting that UK, Amer- you know, but also younger female American market. Jet Li, he's hitting the Asian market. Couture, he's hitting, like, the MMA market. Steve Austin, he's hitting the wrestling market. Cruz, he's hitting both the African-American market and the football market. You know what I mean? It's just like, he's hitting, like, all these points of people who actually go out and watch action movies. And it's just like... It makes you laugh because it makes you wonder why no studio. Yeah, it, yeah. It wouldn't have shocked me if every studio after that just tried to make the like, expendables <laughs> over and over. Yeah. yeah. No, you know what I would love to like, see? We well, need to I, get as many people. In actually, there. I think it already happened to do that with a romantic comedy, but I think it already happened with the movie Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much every single one of those shitty holiday movies where they just you get these great ensemble cast of amazing actors with a shit story. And and everyone's just kind of thrown together. Well, then again, I have to... around each other in circles. And, and well, well, plus I have to give my... Uh, yeah, I have <laughs> to give my throw my throw-ups to the movie. That's a, it's, a, it's a pretty chick flick, but it's The Holiday. And I loved it because Jack Black played a soundtrack composer, which I've never seen on film before. I haven't seen a lot of movies. If there's uh, any movies that you know of, you know, please uh, tell me. But... Well, yeah, of course. I've seen that one. <laughs> I'm just saying, you said a guy who composed a soundtrack. This, this is the first uh, one I Mr. saw. Mr. Holland's Opus. Um, ah, good movie. That wasn't technically a movie score, though. That was just an opus. I could say Amadeus, but that's not a movie score. I've been on a real big uh, Guy Ritchie kick. I've been watching him, uh, re-watching all of his movies, and I've been thinking, uh, no fact checking included, but did did, did uh, Jason Statham get his uh, career started with Guy Ritchie? Yeah. Yes, he did. Absolutely. Right. Uh, beforehand, he was he beforehand he was a gym rat bodybuilder. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, He's also a petty petty criminal, if I remember correctly. Yeah, but, he was. Uh, that's actually much, rather. That's actually rather famous, him being a rather, like, scummy kind of, like... Yeah. B&E he kind of part. Well, see, that's that's it's the whole thing. That's why he was so awesome in like Lock, Stock, and Snatch, is because he actually kind of was part of that that you know East London underworld uh, scene. So he he just he really fit the role. All right, my, here's a here's a last question. And, and actually, for something, you, I, I just want to make a clarification here. You say you're watching Guy Ritchie films, correct? I, I, I know what you're going to say, Rick. I know what so, you're going to say. So, so, so you have you out. watched Swept Away? Oh. Damn you for bringing a, that up. <laughs> damn you for bringing that damn movie up. If because that Netflix, is the biggest blemish on, a guy, on Guy Ritchie's career. <laughs> if it's not on then clearly, Netflix, I haven't watched Clearly, you haven't watched And clearly, you haven't watched But uh, since we're getting low on time... I thought, you know, the Guy Ritchie films that I have seen, or the Guy Ritchie films that you have seen, what is, uh, I don't want to say favorite, but let's say the most badass character in uh, any Guy Ritchie films that you've seen. That includes uh, the new Sherlock. It doesn't have to be, like, you know, strongly UK-oriented. I don't know. know. Honestly, Lockstock was a big movie for for Rick and I because when we first saw it, I mean, this is our whole, those formative years when we were in in our tween years. And uh, it was like the fr- it was our first foray into real, you know, like for for British cinema. I mean, you, you know, for you know, you have your bond there, but that was just like the modernization of it. And it was just this, just this fucking style, you know. And you know, it's funny because Rick and I had always talked about what characters we were. And you know, it's funny how you know, you know, I always called Rick the Statham, you know, you know. All right, like say, say lost Lockstock, and, and, us four. Who would we be? And that's the thing. Rick always considered himself. Yeah, we always called Rick. Uh, Rick uh, I was called Rick Bacon, and he always called me Soap. You know, because of course I'm gonna be the guy in the kitchen going. Yeah, I'm the chef. Sadly, we did this like completely. We did this for a very long time period, both high school and middle school. <laughs> yeah, pretty much like yeah. Which 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 character would it be? So yeah, the Lockstock was like I said, is is a was a very big movie for him. Um, but then, uh, dude, come on. It's all about bullet. It's all. It's all about bullet tooth Tony. Ah, uh-huh, yes, thank and, you. And, and, ju- and just that one, you know, it's like where it's just like, you know, my gun says 
Desert Eagle. Point. Fire. <laughs> yeah, and, just, and, and he just fucking runs down the room. Like, uh, mine, mine was uh, my favorite my Guy Ritchie character. As most, as, as not favorite, but badass has to be my. I think his name was Stroger, Mark Strong's character from Revolver. Dude, shooting people through fucking walls. Holy <laughs> god damn. That I, was fucking the most badass thing I've ever seen. And he has that ridiculous hairdo. He looks like a. It's like, hello, I would like to apply for a bank loan type character. I, I always loved. Um, I always think. Maybe that's the most badass. Well, actually, he's a really badass character. But uh, Mickey O'Neill, Brad Pitt's character from Snatch. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. oh my yeah. god! I can't tell you when Rick and I first watched Snatch, you cannot stop me from trying to do that. Oh yes. <laughs> but it's the fact that you, okay, you made. Pike. I don't know. I'm gonna will. But it's the fact that you get like the biggest actor in the world to basically play a character where nobody can understand a word he's saying. Yes. And I love. I'll, like I'll, we'll always love the backstory behind it. We'll always love the backstory behind it because. Brad Pitt didn't do an English accent to save his fucking life. So they were just like, alright, we want you in this movie. I want you to do this movie. You want to do this movie. How if we just have you talk gibberish? So no one knows and understands what the fuck's going on. Okay, that'll work. I'll take it. Yeah, I... Yeah. It's a nice dag. dag. Oh, you mean golf. <laughs> <laughs> alright, uh, well... I would have to say, for me, it would uh, be a toss-up between... Big Chris from Lockstock and Two Smoking oh, Barrels. When he, when he goes fucking ham on that guy's head with the car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or even the first Jesus time that you really Christ. see him when he walks in and he's in that tanning salon and he just slams that damn tanning salon bed on that guy. Oh, him God. and his kid. I, I still and love his kid Rick. is like, what the fuck? He's like, watch your mouth, boy. I still love Bricktop. You know, Bricktop is such a fucking badass. Bricktop yeah, is, yeah. yeah, he is. But it, I would me. say the glasses between, is uh, what scares me the most. And, uh, bullet tooth Tony. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are face. <laughs> the glasses are like, yeah. <laughs> say that again. It's so good. He's like, you. St- I just got those polished. Well, I, actually, that's somebody I, they missed for Expendables too. Was Vinny Jones? <laughs> oh god, they should have got oh, him. I, I think my brain would explode. That, if, we're, if we're going to do, like, okay, so there's a lot of people who kind of make fun of that sort of, like, cockney British gangster film thing. And what a lot of people kind of don't, don't remember really is, is that, you know, that all kind of comes from Lockstock and Two Spiky Barrels. It also comes from Sexy Beats, but, you know, Lockstock and Two Spiky Barrels. And, yeah, and, and don't forget Sexy Beats and don't forget The Limey as well, yes. But, um... Everybody always makes fun. The reason why I kind of bring up this character is because this character has been ripped off so many times, which is Barry the Baptist from Lockstock. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Dude, it's like I, I looked at, I was watching that for the first time, like, uh, like it was like I, I can't tell how many years ago, but my dad showed me Snatch for the first time, uh, not not Snatch, but Lockstock and Barry the Baptist. I'm like, is that the same guy from Reservoir Dogs? Because they both look like the fucking thing. It's, it's the whole part yeah, I also, yeah, I also fucking love. Like, I just there's so many. That's the thing is like his movies are so fucking character rich. Like fucking Benicio del Toro's Frankie fucking four <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Or I love Boris yeah, the Blade. I, I it's like do... heavy is reliable. If it doesn't work, you can always hit him with it. Boris the Blade. <laughs> <laughs> it's like like how mu- how 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 much. Death can that man survive? The fuck are you? Um, <laughs> he didn't do the Asian sorry, accent, I'm, I'm, but still, I, I don't know why I put that in there. <laughs> why, why can't you do it? Yeah, um, I, I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I had to do it. He just had to go with the. Uh, yeah. yeah, he wants a caravan for his mom. Caravan yeah. blue boss. You like dags? What? <laughs> what? Oh, dogs! <laughs> yeah, dags. And Tommy insists he was named after a gun. Yeah. Oh god. But uh. Named after ballet. All right. Well, we're getting we're getting uh, close to ending time. So just, just one final moment, though. When you dance with the devil, you wait for the song to stop. <laughs> oh god, that <laughs> was horrible. <laughs> I, I, I feel like what we're gonna have to do. You got me this scared. Is, we're just to end the podcast. We're just gonna have to start telling face more anime. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do have three minutes left, but no. <laughs> so I was watching the show called Koyakaza. <laughs> I have no more left. I have to go back, and I can't leave. <laughs> so it's about incest, but they're actually brother and sister. I found this one. Oh god! <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs>
<laughs> we do the Jonathan Davis. Are we talking about my ex in the family? <laughs> oh, Jonathan Davis. <laughs> All right, everybody. All right, Matt. Matt, we uh, it was an absolute pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Having you this week, we're we're we're, at, we're so happy to have you uh, have another great guest on this week. Hopefully, we can have you. Uh, we can have you back. I had to yeah, give absolutely. it up to you, Matt. Great fucking topic. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Y'all have a good night now. Be safe. Alright, this is the gentleman. You take it easy and drink hearty. Peace out. Fuck you. Enjoy your Friday. Fuck you, whale. Free.